Hello, and welcome to the Igniting Consciousness podcast, your place to be inspired and empowered to be the change you wish to see within yourself, your family, and the world around you. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Horine, a chiropractor, a 3-5 manifester that does human design readings, a magnetic alignment coach, a cleanse to ascend coach, and a natural wellness mama. My desire is to share all of my learnings in a way that will align you toward radiant health and wellness. I know that a vibrant life expression requires a healthy mind, body, and spirit, so it is also my goal to elevate your awareness and knowledge of how to properly tend to each of these. You'll receive wisdom through educational teachings and interviews about health, living a vitalistic lifestyle, conscious parenting, universal truths, spirituality, manifestation, and human design. My hope is that with these episodes, you can be empowered to take action towards your health and overall wellness, which will create an attractive vortex energy for others to do the same. If we all ignite our consciousness, we can remember how to be the super conscious creators that we already are. So let's get to it and be that change today. Hello and welcome back to the Igniting Consciousness podcast, or if you're on the YouTube channel, you know what to expect around here. We're currently continuing the series of following and practicing natural hygiene, really just ways to make sure you have a vitalistic lifestyle and what are things you can do that are the controllables. It's all about what are the controllables, controlling the controllables. And you can go back through the previous episodes talking about some of the other ways coming from the diet, from the type of hydration you're having, the quality of the hydration, uh, sleeping properly, adequate rest, uh, restful sleep, adequate relaxation, and there's a difference between the two. And then now we're talking about making sure that we get appropriate amounts of non-injurious physical activity. So physical activity, movement, Noticing I'm saying in front of it non-injurious because or like so injuries non-injurious physical activities We as human beings are designed to move We were not designed to just sit back and watch TV all day long or just lay down all day long Now there are some people with extreme conditions that are in a state where they are unable to move But you know that the nervous system is not functioning to its fullest capacity and you're certainly not living life whenever you're not moving. Our body starts to break down over time. A lot of times we blame it on old age. I hear it all the time in my chiropractic office. I'm just getting older. I don't move the same way I used to. And you're blaming it on just old age and you're not thinking about all the things that you did leading up to where you're at today. Why is it that whenever you get sick, it hits you harder? Why is it that if you fall, you hit harder? You don't bounce back as quickly as you once did as a kid. Now, we are implementing these different natural hygiene practices, old age isn't gonna kick you in the rear end like it is a lot of people. And in fact, it'll really help you avoid many chronic conditions and preventable diseases or diseases by practicing natural hygiene and utilizing a lot of these principles and a lot of what I've talked about in previous episodes, including this one right here. Everybody knows that exercise is important, movement, exercise, basically planned physical exertion, physical activity, okay? However you want to look at it. Now, everyone knows that exercise is important and you know that's why there are tons and tons of gyms out there and they make a lot of money on memberships because they are banking on the fact that you won't continue with it. 
that you won't use it as much as uh, they're offering for you, but most people are not using it that much. So they, it's a, it's a big money-making opportunity. It's a great thing, but I'm just saying that they know that they can make a lot of money because people just continue paying for the memberships because, you know, especially when it's automated, it makes it easy. They're not thinking about it. And most people, whether it's like the start of the new year, New Year's uh, resolutions, or they're getting ready for a spring break, summer vacation, they're going to be in a bikini or the men are, you know, they're going to be out and showing their hot bod and their torsos and everything else, or you're going to see family, or you've got a wedding that you're getting ready for, you've got some sort of event that you're getting ready for, and a lot of times it requires an event, an occasion, for people to really start taking their exercise, and then of course their diet coinciding with that, in order to really make some big major movements on the gear, so that way they can look and feel the way they want to. So talking about, everything I'm talking about here is I really want you to implement it as a lifestyle. In the beginning, things are going to be more difficult, just like when you're going to the gym for the first time, since we're talking about physical activity here, going to the gym for the first time, your body is going to get sore a lot faster. Your body has to go through a neurological adaptation, getting used to the loads or the types of exercises that you were doing. If you're not used to squatting, you're not used to doing full body movements, you're not used to pulling, doing military presses, arms overhead, doing lat pull downs, pulling the arms down. I'm gonna use some different terms as I go throughout here because I'm a chiropractor. Um, and so I've been in the physical world for a very long time. I've also done training and uh, coaching. I've done group fitness instruction and everything else. So I am I've got my master's in uh, sports science and exercise uh, physiology is where my bachelor's degree is. So I have a lot of experience in the exercise physiology world and what are the best loads and the best lever arms to use so that way you get maximum benefit in building the muscles. But what's kind of been dropped off a lot is the fact that uh, we are not thinking about how it could lead to injury whenever we are doing things just to maximize performance in a particular way, but not looking at it long-term. So just wanna kind of start that there, but let's go back. So when you first go into the gym, or you do anything for the first time, maybe you've skied for the first time, you're going snowboarding for the first time, water skiing for the first time, running for the first time, running, doing any physical activity for the first time is going to leave your body feeling sore. And that is usually a big hindrance for people because they, one, they usually do too much, which is creating a lot of stress and breakdown in the body because the body is like, whoa, I've not adapted to this. I don't know how to do this. And so then there's a lot of chemical and hormonal reactions that are happening inside of the body, inflammation that happens in the body, let alone if you're not aligned, like you're not getting chiropractic adjustments so that your nervous system is communicating to every part of the body and every muscle the way it needs to, to help your body move the way it needs to. There's so many variables. I'm going to start to break this down. Do not be hindered. It is normal. Let me tell you this, it is normal for your body to feel uncomfortable whenever you're doing an activity for the first time, especially if you have not trained for it, i.e. you have not adapted to that activity. So don't let that hinder you. Just know that it is a buildup process. It is a buildup process for anything. And when we're learning something new, it takes time until it feels easy. There are some things that are really easy for people. I was one of those people where most activities I picked up pretty, pretty quickly as far as physical activities. Some are better than others. And I just want to encourage you to not give up. Don't think that you're not supposed to feel any kind of soreness. Now, there's a difference between soreness and actual pain causing further injury, which is why I want to emphasize non-injurious physical activity.
the whole adage of no pain, no gain only goes so far. And so really pay attention to, yes, you need to push beyond your limits because otherwise you will stay in a particular stat. It could be stagnant. If you're getting stagnant in your workout routines or stagnant in your body, there are other things you can do to add to your ability to physically work out. But let's stay focused here, physical activity. Um, so there like, you want to be able to push beyond your limits, but then you just know that you're in this for the long haul. Don't look at it as, I just want to run the race and be done with it and never do it again. When it comes to physical movement, we need to be implementing physical movement in our lives every single day because it charges our body. Literally, our spinal column that keeps us upright, keeps us standing upright, homo sapiens here on the planet. We have the spinal cord and the spinal, core, spinal column protects the spinal cord and all the nerves that come off of it. So it is so important that whenever we're moving, every segment, every vertebra of your spine needs to be moving and freely movable and independent of one another. And speaking from the chiropractic mind, how important this is, what ends up happening over time is people get a lot of inflammation, inflammation, inappropriate physical activity, repetitive injuries or repetitive motions also add up and take a toll on your body throughout time. And that's what people don't often think about. It's very obvious the big accident slips and falls that we endure from the physical birthing process. We've all been born at some point, even if it was a vaginal delivery, sometimes that, I mean, most of the time, the birth process is a process and sometimes they're pulling and sucking using vacuum extraction, forceps extraction, upwards of 90 pounds of pressure on a newborn baby's head, FYI. So if you were getting pulled out and the mama's mama wasn't ready or you as the baby weren't ready to descend down and there's so many variables, I can tell the whole birth story a whole nother time. Um, how all the factors that can come in on why, why you have to remember that most people have their first trauma and leading to what we call subluxations in chiropractic where the physical vertebras become misaligned and they put pressure on the nerves and allowing the nerves to communicate to the rest of the body the way they're intended to, subsequently leading to issues, symptoms, and then over time, dis-ease. But birth trauma, pulling pressures, let alone a C-section baby, there's a slimy gooey baby coming out of 11 centimeters. It is not a gentle transaction, so the head and never the body gets jostled. That's what I'm saying. So usually that's the first trauma, physical trauma, right? And then we grow up and we fall and bump our heads. We get up, we learn, go through all the milestones as a baby, and it's very fresh for me because I'm watching my little one, my little Sedona. She's in what is she, 10 months, going on 11 months as I'm recording this episode right now. So she is pulling up on everything and learning how to how to balance, learning how to be on a perturbed surface and how far she needs to, how far she needs to spread her feet apart and keep her feet placed on the floor, grabbing things. Can she grab with one arm, turn her head and be cute and laugh? And so you see where I'm going with this. So we get up and we fall down, we get up and we fall down. And then when you get older, you're playing on the jungle gym, climbing. A lot of times people have injuries from there. Sometimes it's athletics, you know, you have injuries. People forget what has happened back when they were in their prime in their teenage years or in their early twenties thinking that, oh, like, you know, you bounce back quick. Because as a kid, you do you, you heal faster as a kid. And so let's go back to like single digits, kid. You, you heal a lot faster because you have not had as much time on the planet creating a lot of stressors on the body and creating a lot of irritation and inflammation in the body. So the healing process can pick up much faster as a kid than as you continue on another 10 years. 
and then now you're in high school, right? And then, so you still can, you can heal pretty quickly, but now you've been having a lot of things that have already come into play for 15, 16, 17, however old you are, years as far as what you're eating, what your diet is, the people you're surrounding yourself with, all the other things that are applicable for practicing natural hygiene and having a vitalistic lifestyle repetitive injuries, depending upon what type of athletics you're in. Obviously, if you're a thrower, you're batting, you're catching, the way you train, which is specific adaptations to performance. Um, using some exercise physiology terminology here, it's called the SAID principle, S-A-I-D, which stands for specific Adapt adaptations to imposed, I-M-P, imposed demands, depending on what your athletic endeavors are, you're going to be training a particular way. So that way you can get really good at swinging the bat. You can get really good at swinging the golf club. You can get really good at whatever, throwing, jumping, leaping, running, setting up in your blocks if you're uh, running in any type, um, in track or hurdles or whatever it is that you're doing as far as I'm talking like high school kind of stuff or swimming. You're training a particular way for swimming and moving your body. So I just want to really just open up your mind and your eyes and like to, to recognizing where a lot of these injuries have happened throughout time and they're not always so obvious, but a lot of rep repetition over time to why it starts to add up and people just blame it on old age. And it's not just old age. It's the quality of life and the way we've been taking care of our bodies over the years up to the point of whatever situation you're experiencing. So our bodies take time to adapt. First, it goes through what we call neurological adaptation, meaning that your body is just neurologically, like the nerves are figuring out how to properly communicate to activate each muscle to perform a particular movement, whether that's a pulling, a pushing, a jogging, a squatting, a jumping, whatever movement that you're doing as far as exercise. So know that that's the first thing. So that's usually when you get your first big jump. And in the beginning, your muscles are all getting activated for the first time, so you feel sore, that is normal. Make sure you're drinking plenty of water, you're nourishing your body with the proper nutrients so that way your tissues can break down and build up and you have healthy tissue buildup, meaning healthy muscular development. And then you're also making sure that the nerves in your body, you're performing the activities, you're performing the exercises with proper posture, with proper positioning. So it is so important, anything that you're doing as far as running, as far as jogging, as far as doing like any kind of cardio, even if it's Stairmaster climbing, even if you're doing rowing, it's so important to do cardio of, of their sorts. And of course it, it varies based on location. Are you doing things outside? Are you doing it where it's a fixed um, like bike on the ground? Or are you biking outside where it's moving out in the environment? There's so many variables going in when it comes to physical activity and all physical activity has its place. It's a matter of finding what's going to be best for you and a variation of those things so you can make sure you're activating the entirety of the body and not solely focusing just in one area, which can lead to repetitive injuries because there is the daily repetitive motions that add up and take a toll on the body too. So too much of a good thing, and that's what I wanted to get to, could not could end up bad. I don't want to say totally bad, but too much of just running and, and going and going and going until you're 
posture and your form starts to get sloppy and your shoulders start rolling forward and then you're you're landing really hard on your feet and then it's just the whole body starts to break down and I know you know what I'm talking about we've all seen those people those runners where you're like you should have stopped like a mile ago or please just start walking if your jog is like looking pretty it's just like really rough and slamming the feet down and and just curving and head really just following with the shoulders rolling forward it's like you're better off walking walking is the best thing because your feet are hitting the ground you're neurologically stimulating your ankles which is something that the older geriatric population starts to worry about is their balance right so making sure we're activating our ankles so that way we're making sure we're getting that proprioceptive communication happening meaning feet on the ground your ability to see. So when it comes to proprioception, which is your awareness of the space around you, knowing like your body knowing how it needs to stand. For instance, if you close your eyes, if you're listening to this on the podcast right now and driving, obviously don't close your eyes right now. But when you close your eyes and you're standing, you you might notice you might start wobbling. You might lean forward. You might lean backwards. You might start circling one leaning side to side because you took away one of your proprioceptive um notices of what of where your body is at in space so your eyes so they have being able to see having your eyes closed takes that away your ears are another um factor that you have that comes into play when it comes to your body's awareness in in the space of where you're at of whether if you have like a uh, inflamed ear ear infection or throbbing ear or you have water in your ear it can be very disorienting some people who have had vertigo there's something known as positional we call it BPPV, benign positional paroxysmal vertigo. Fancy way of saying some sort of vertigo that is uh, that changes based on a like where your head's in a particular direction because within your ear canals, uh, beyond the ear canals, you have different uh, semilunar canals, which you have one that's going like front and back, side to side, and one going kind of at a 45 degree angle. So imagine hula hoops, basically. I won't go too deep into this, but those also give you awareness of where you're at in space. So if you, they have, there's these little crystals called otoliths that sometimes get dislodged for various reasons. Um, when it comes to positional vertigo, usually it's uh, you've passed out on a couch with your head in a very awkward position or you had yourself propped up in a really awkward position. Usually it's passing out because you were under the influence of alcohol or some sort of drug that your body was so much in a, in a like a catonic or like totally passed out zombie state that usually when you're sleeping, well, you would you would move before um, before actually it creating so much of an issue. But if you're under the influence of alcohol or take sleeping medication, Ambien, all these other things, then your body zonks out. Yes, you go to sleep, but you go into like a horrible sleep, which I kind of talked about that in my sleep episode. So go back and you can refer to that. But you you go into a horrible sleep and your body doesn't naturally move to get out of a positioning that isn't appropriate for it. And so you wake up and you might be totally disoriented and be experiencing some type of vertigo. And there's things that you can do to take care of that. But either way, what happens is those little those little crystals, they're like little crystals inside those semilunar canals, imagine them like hula hoops, that get dislodged and they start moving. And when they move and they get stuck, what ends up happening is now it's making your body think that like you're all, you're always pitched forward or you're always pitched back or whatever position it is. It's positional vertigo, meaning that you maybe you tilt your head forward and to the left or tilt your head forward and to the right or turn your head right or left or maybe multiple directions and that's stuck there. So your body isn't able to calibrate appropriately 
to be able to really truly know that you're not spinning, that you're not moving, that you're not standing on a ship, that you are actually just standing upright. So your eyes, your ears, and then your feet on the ground beneath you. People, so many people in the chiropractic world, they see people with peripheral neuropathy, meaning they start losing uh, the feeling and the sensation in their feet. It starts burning. Um, it, it starts to travel up their leg. The more progressed it is, it's so important to get adjusted. It's so important to keep your nerves, nerves and communication and grounding and putting your feet on the earth so you can activate that proprioceptive um, capabilities in your body. And then that way you have ability to balance. You have the awareness of your space around you. And obviously, you know, if you can't maintain balance, you can't even in, engage in physical activities. That's just a whole nother conversation, right? So different types of physical activities can go from exercises that you do in the gym. It's really important if you're new to it, then make sure that you either have a trainer that you're taking it easy and moving your way into it, seeing it as a lifetime. How can you turn this into a lifestyle? If it's gonna start off harder, that is normal because it's all new to you. You neurologically will adapt. And then once you go through a neurological adaptation, that's where you find your biggest quote, and I'm quotating, gains, because now your body's like, oh, I know how to activate these muscles. I know how to do this now. And so you can add more weight or you can do more repetitions. In the world of exercise, we call them reps, we call them sets. Reps mean how many times are you doing the lift and sets meaning how many of those those reps are you doing sets so usually it's like three sets of 10 to 12 reps depending upon the type of training that you're doing so this episode isn't to be about particularly training in that way but just giving you examples for those of you that already know that you know you know what I'm talking about Otherwise, I think it is so crucial, and I know that it is so crucial for you to just activate the entirety of your body. Um, so we'll start with, uh, say you go to the gym for the first time, and then um, whether you have a trainer to help you with it, or you're doing the machines. So they're machines that are like, they make it really easy setting the weight, starting low and slow, okay? So like, even though I don't eat rotisserie, I don't eat any animal meat, but for those of you that do, you know, it's like roasting low and slow, roasting it low and slow to get the best juiciest meat or turkey or it's almost a uh, thing, well, Thanksgiving as I'm recording this. So it's low and slow with that is the best way to do it to get the juiciest and the meat to be all the way you want it to be, right? Same thing whenever it comes to working out, low and slow, and then you work your way up. Okay, listen to your body, allow your body to be the gauge, but then also being able to learn your body to know what's the difference between I'm just pushing it and I'm trying to reach that neurological adaptation right now and then like continue moving forward depending upon what your goals are, and or am I really causing injury? And you'll know it's injury whenever you, it's starting to affect other areas of your life, not just, oh my gosh, my legs are so sore, I wanna squeeze them, I need a massage. No, there's a total difference whenever you start getting you know, like sharp shooting pain or you're getting like a numbness or tingling or you're getting like referral, referral pains where it's starting to travel in other areas of the body or if it's a pinpoint sharp pain, okay? It doesn't always have to travel, but there's a difference between muscle soreness and pinpoint sharp pain. When there's a pinpoint numbness and tingling, sharp shooting, dull, achy that just kind of continues on, it doesn't fade after two to three days because it takes about two days, what we call delayed onset muscle soreness, it takes about two days for that to come on. And if it doesn't fade away after a couple of days beyond that, that's how you know that you're like, okay, there's an injury that's developing here and I've got to really pay attention to what is it in my, is it my form, is the way I'm positioning myself? Am I lifting too heavy and I shouldn't be doing that? So really pay attention to that. Free weights, of course, there's a whole nother series there. 
Again, I just need to go back to the basics. So you could also running, okay, jogging, um, walking, physical activity. It's so important to walk and move our body. Like I said, full body movements, lifting the arms overhead. It's so important to start off the day with stretching, bringing your arms overhead. Just like whenever you wake up and you're like, that big yawn, and you can just think of cats and dogs, animals. What do they do? As soon as anytime they're laying down for any period of time, they get up and they do the downward dog stretch. They do a cat stretch. You know, in the yoga world, we know about cat cow getting on all fours on your hands and on your knees. And then you arch up like that scared cat we always think of around Halloween time and then bringing the belly down We call it the cow pose and extending and elongating the neck. So you're really opening up all across the throat region into the chest and starting to wake up the shoulders and everything. So pay attention. Animals like naturally are doing these types of things unless they're getting older and now they're not as elastic, like their tissues aren't as elastic, meaning they're getting weaker or they have a lot of arthritis. They're getting a lot of inflammation. Your dogs and your cats are not moving the same way. That is telling you the same thing of what happens with us. When we're not moving the same way, we can't lean, we can't bend forward, we can't bend backwards, we can't lean side to side, reach our arms all the way overhead, reaching them back, stretching them up. That's a sign that your fascia, which is like the saran wrap, it's a type of tissue that, that surrounds every organ around the body right there. They need to be nice and stretched and elongated because it also gives your body neurological input, which is charging your body. Back what I said from the very beginning, movement charges the body. Just like how the crystals, like you know how you have the watches where you have the quartz crystal, movement charges it, yes. Same thing, we have our own quartz crystal essentially in our third eye and our pineal gland right there. And it's so important for us to move and there's so many other things so that we can avoid calcification of that. But more importantly, our movement of the individual vertebra, the spinal bones moving along the body, twisting, turning every area of the body, doing twisting movements is activating that so that we can keep that information, keep the energy alive, keep that activation of the nervous system, subsequently the communication to the rest of your body and having that flexibility and that movement and the ability to do everything in life, it contributes to vitality, it contributes to brain health. So it is just multifaceted when it comes to physical activity and I'm talking about it in such a, a very broad way just to let you know that there's so many ways to do that. And that there are too much of a, uh, of a good thing could end up being a bad thing. And to listen to your body and not just be like, oh, I'm weak or whatever it is. And I get it. I know if you're training for marathons, I have a lot of runners or those that are mountain bikers or injuries or whatever jumps they're doing and everything else. It's so important for you to give your body the chance to heal and recover as well before going right back to doing that. Because if, and it's just same thing with concussions. I won't talk about that because that's a different story. But if you jump and you go right back into those activities before your body is actually ready, then guess what? You're gonna cause further injury because your body takes time. The, the quicker you can get off of it and you're nourishing your body, if you're, especially if you're doing your species specific diet and consuming lots of uh, fresh fruit and vegetables, and herbs, your body's gonna heal much faster because it's a tissue regenerator. The minerals are the muscle builders and the tissue builders. And then that helps to regenerate the tissues much faster, meaning that you will heal much faster. But if you're taking medications, making you think, because it's taking the pain away, but making you think that, oh, I can put pressure on my ankle even though I just rolled it, it's not ready to be walked on yet. Or maybe you, you know, whatever you broke or fractured or you sprained or strained, whatever it is, if you're taking medication to hinder that, 
then it is shutting off the nervous system that is giving you the feedback saying, hey, you're not ready to, to run on this yet. You're not ready to walk on this yet, let alone run on this right now. You're not ready to start swinging that bat just yet. You've got to give it more time. So when it comes to injuries, I'll just quickly let you know because this is in my wheelhouse. When it comes to sprains or strains, you always got to think six to eight weeks at least. When it comes to breaks, usually there's strains associated. You got to give it at least eight weeks too. Of course, if it's a fracture, it's like you're going to go and you're going to get the x-rays and everything else to see what's going on. You got to keep it stabilized if it's an open fracture or compound fracture. I mean, there's so many other things. Again, you could be doing yoga, doing stretching physical activity. So you can do things laying on the ground, doing stretching activities. So that way you're getting all the fascial tissue moving, moving all your vertebra up, stretching, leaning side to side, like literally tucking the hips, flexing the hips, bending the knees, squatting, and just doing them with or without weights or body weight. What I think is most important is for you to really be able to use your own body weight. It is such an attractive thing too, for you to be able to like hold yourself, to be able to do a plank position, to be able to do push Ups. You know, you have to do modify. There's variations and build up processes. There's build up process in the physical therapy world and the chiropractic world of doing these different on all fours. We call it a quadruped thing. There's a series of doing bird dogs so that way you can get neurological activation and the cross crawl. When I say cross, meaning the right side, the right side of the brain communicates to the left side of the brain and vice versa. Doing that cross crawl thing, funny thinking about kids, you had to cross crawl, meaning you had to crawl when you're a baby to activate those parts of the brain which are communicating to the opposite sides of the body. So important. There are activities that you're doing as adults that are really important to make sure that the right and the left side are communicating with the body appropriately so you don't cause damage or injury and whenever you're doing whatever activities that you're doing, okay? Much as you can get outside, get outside. As much as you can be upright on your feet so you're making sure you're still getting your ankle joint and your feet moving because we're built to be upright and moving versus sitting. Of course, there's different things that you can do if you sit a lot and like at the pecking away at the computer, which is another common thing and looking down at your tablets and your phones, constantly putting inappropriate posturing on your body, which is sending inappropriate signals to your body. Also um, hindering your brain health from your head being down and your shoulders being rolled forward. It's not a very attractive look as far as posturing and it clearly has an influence on your physical body and your physiology and into your hormones and everything else. So getting outside as much as you can, if not being inside, of course, when it's cold. So if you had a stationary bike or if you've got a pedaler or whatever it is, get a rebounder, getting a mini trampoline would be a fantastic thing to do or doing jumping jacks, doing jumps. So you don't always have to have equipment. There's so many options. You can get on YouTube, look at all your options, whether it's with um, with tools or not with tools, but rebounding and jumping is so important because it also helps with lymphatic flow. And you're also forcing your body to get activation in all the joints, meaning in your knees and your hips and your ankles. And so it's activating. Every movement is activating. When I say joints, I mean every two places where the bones come together and the shoulder joint, the hip joint, the knee joint, the ankle joint. And every, every vertebra in your body is a joint because every place where two bones come together is considered a joint. So bouncing on a mini trampoline would be awesome if you don't have one outside, and especially if it's cold, then jump on those. Doing jumping jacks, doing jump rope would be really great. Or if you have to work your way up, there's different ways where you can keep your feet planted, just bending your knees and bouncing. Those watching the screen see me bouncing right now. Dancing, guess what? That's a beautiful another way to get your physical activity in as well. 
dancing. There's so many different types of dancing that are so beautiful too. So engaging in anything that's going to get your body to move, listening to music, going with the flow, or you can go with the static dancing or very controlled dancing, whatever that might be. Um, gymnastics, okay? There's always warm-ups to do before the gymnastics. So you can get as creative as you like to do whatever type of physical activity feels best for you. I just want you to make sure that you're doing it. Make sure that you're allowing your body to be elongated. You're trying to activate every area of your body and don't try to like, you know, ignore any bit of it whatsoever. And just start implementing it in your life every single day. If it's some people, it's like, I gotta get my steps in. My husband's on that. I gotta get my steps in right now, which is important. You should get at least 10,000 steps a day. You can use your phones to record that. Some people have the Apple watches or whatever other devices you wanna use to track it. But more importantly, it's just making sure you're getting up and moving. Sometimes that means you just park your car further away whenever you're going out to go grocery shopping or go shopping. Park your car further away so it forces you to have to walk further and then walk further or walk further away to go, go to it. Maybe you're just walking around the mall or maybe you're shopping, that's, that's walking. I'm the type of person that I wanna make sure I'm seeing like different things and having different interactions happening at the same time. Shopping does that for me, whether I'm actually buying stuff or not, doesn't matter, but I'm going into different places and I'm feeling different energies of people based on the places that I'm in. Or being outside when it's nice outside, walking around the elements, the water, getting the sunlight, being in the greenery, or if you're in more of the desert, being around the sand, around the rocks, you see what I'm saying? There are so many different ways to activate your body and to get that physical activity in. It doesn't have to be organized exercise going to the gym. It absolutely can be, but it doesn't have to. It can be dance, it could be anything else that allows you to move your body all over the place. So I think I've painted a pretty good picture for you. Get out there, get moving, activate your body, charge your body, get your nervous system activated through those activities and it will wake you up, it will invigorate you, it will do such beautiful things for you, as long as you're doing it in, in, a, in the ways that are activating all aspects of your body. And then you're listening and paying attention to what am I doing too much of something where it's actually causing harm versus being good for your body. So learning how to pay attention to that, making sure you're staying hydrated and you're nourishing your body along the way. And then more importantly, it's great when you're doing it with other people or you're just doing it for mental, your mental clarity because it's a great time to be by yourself and, and just be lost in the movement. That all said, I know I'm ready to go move and I'm ready to go do some jumping on my rebounder right now and get things moving and pumping and slamming. So hope you all have a beautiful rest of your day. Go get to it. Get moving. Have a good one and namaste.